Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me saying got em. But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse all you want, you can pray in your church But I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn for the feeling I earn All my winners to turn You had a cheek before I drop you like the beat I'm an addict And I'm not really ashamed I'm an addict I'm reclining with the brain I'm an addict And the pot is what I'm playing I'm an addict Russell Rocky Other names Trade X Pie Let's go I am Rocky Petrella And I have a trading problem I am Andrew Hall, and I have a trading problem. I am Matt Price, and I have a trading problem. Hey, everybody. Welcome to session 272 of the Trey Addicts Podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. Come on, Andrew. And we will. No, I can't do it, though. I can never get the stream runner. Anyway. Whatever. <laughs> So yes, everybody. I am hosting tonight. Russ, Russ, uh, doing the potathon all weekend. Got burnt out. He just, just potted out. So uh, I, I brought in the third, uh, the uh, the now third co-host of the Tree Addicts podcast. Andrew <laughs> pretty much fills in every time Russ can't make it. I really appreciate it. But uh, Andrew, how you doing tonight? I'm good. And honestly, like anytime you ask if I can come on, my first question is: I think I've even said this. Where the heck is Russ? What's going on? And then I was like, oh, yeah, he was on the potathon. A lot of that I had to get up really early. I know I was on the potathon on Sunday morning, but for 30 minutes is totally different than what Russ was doing. So, yeah, I don't mind filling in Russ. And again, uh, I know how busy he is with everything else he's got going on. So glad to be here. Anytime you uh, you ask, I do what I can to, to make it happen because it's just this is like home for me. This is my second home at this point. I yes. love it here. And I can't, I can't blame. Him. I was I was on vacation last week. So uh, in, in uh, the Jersey Shore. So payback time so uh, right. <laughs> uh anyway uh we got a great guest with us tonight as you heard matt price uh in a minute we're gonna go we're gonna talk do a little sfb talk but matt first why don't you uh tell everybody who you are what you do where they can find what you do yeah everything over at dlf uh where i am a senior writer with uh what else do i do a podcast i co-host the, the dlf dynasty podcast with ryan mcdowell and, and dan mailer um you can find all my stuff on other stuff on twitter i don't I don't know. I don't tweet that much, I guess. <laughs> so I don't know how good of a follow I am. <laughs> but you can follow me at Matt Price FF. Sometimes there's animal stuff, sometimes fantasy stuff. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's me too, man. I used to tweet all the time, and now I I, I like check Twitter like maybe twice a week if I'm lucky. So I like uh, read my DMs, like and you know, like chats and stuff. But like as far as my feed, it's such a like cluster. I just it's too hard. Well, you, know. you guys are just signing up for threads, right? Everybody's I, I just gonna say now we have to move to threads. I was gonna say in asking a week it'll be hey, you guys signed up for blue sky, right? That's okay, the one just, I want. I, yeah, honestly, like I don't, I don't know. We're gonna have to figure something out, but I can't have it be on Discord where everyone's in separate servers. That's just it's yeah. way too frustrating. So totally. I don't know what the answer is, but I, I hope, I guess, I hope it's still Twitter. But I'm not exactly excited about Twitter. It's just, yeah, it's getting to be kind of a cluster is a good way to put it. Man, I, I, I just, I just I've, feel like it's gonna be so much work to start over somewhere else. You know, like. 
and, and I don't know, threat like is Facebook really like the where we want to go? We know the issues with Zuckerberg. Like we already know everything that he's a dirtbag too. Is he really better than Elon Musk? Feels like a lateral move at best to me. Like <laughs> yep. Blue Sky is at least Dorsey and you know the original creator of Twitter and like he preaches decentralization and stuff like that. So it's it's a mess though. Like we can't have this community as powerful as it is right now be fractured, and that's where it feels like it's going. Yeah, feels like it took us forever to get it this good, and now exactly. they're just going to reset it, and it's just like doggone it. Like, ah, oh, well, it is what it is. We will survive. I guarantee you, the fantasy content space like will survive. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, Try I haven't even bothered with the other stuff yet. I'll see what happens. I, no way, right? The old man is like, no, I'm not doing this. Well, yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say, it took me forever to get on Twitter. I, I don't even have an Instagram or TikTok, so Twitter's my one uh, social media. So uh, I'll, I'll switch to the other, the new main one if uh, Threads or Blue Sky or something else ever takes over. <laughs> but uh, for now, I'm just going to chill on Twitter and see what happens. Love it. But it is Scott Fishbowl season. We have to bring it up here. I, I've often felt sometimes in the past, like and not everyone can send the Scott Fishbowl. Do people want to hear about Scott Fishbowl? But at this point, there's probably a lot of people listening that are in Scott Fishbowl. What is it? Wait, we're over 3,000 now, right? 3,300. Yeah. 3,300, yeah. So uh, I still think it's fun to talk about, fun to hear about. And also, we don't have a lot of other content as, as we have has been going on most weeks this summer. And it's um, your show, Rocky. You can show, talk about whatever you want. You're an adult. This is true. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so, Andrew, <laughs> You're an adult. You, uh, <laughs> I love so, it. Andrew, you are the only one of us. You get to do a live draft, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I got to do the uh, Cincinnati live draft on Sunday this past week. Uh, we had it at a brewery. I got there about 1030 or so. Uh, we did have one person no show and, and kind of like, you know, ghosted a little bit, but we had about a dozen or 15 or so people that were just there hanging out. Uh, most of whom were already in Scott Fishbowl and Slow Draft Division. So we ended up kind of swapping it out where uh, one of those guys was able to fill that spot in our live draft and we were able to kick it off on time. And then the the guy that couldn't make it is in a slow draft, or at least for now, at least I heard anyway, is in a slow draft. I won't call him out by name, but uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. Uh, both uh, Ryan McDowell and John Bosch were there kind of co-hosting a uh, ton of good people in the community. I won't name them because I'll forget some people and then I'll mm-hmm. feel bad, but it was a lot of fun, a lot of good times. And I'm telling you what, live drafting is still better than any sort of online draft. Uh, I do it for my home league every year. It's a keeper league, have a blast with it, but to have like three Scott Fishbowl drafts going simultaneously and just having like, you know, making a pick, putting a sticker on a board and cheering about it, like just, there's something about it that just brings you back to your, you know, teenage years when you're getting rambunctious with your buddies. So, yeah, it was a great time. We're at, in in round, oh, what is it, round 19 now, I think? We had 13 that we did uh, day of pretty much. And, yeah, we're in round 19 now. So wrapping up a little bit. And some of the picks are getting kind of bleak. You know how it is at the end of Scott Fishbowl. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good time. I'm happy with my team. I won't get into it because I don't think anybody cares about that. But I will say that if you're in Scott Fishbowl, well, and I was going to talk about it on Junkies <laughs> at some point this week too. But you know, I don't, I don't. We're not done yet. I want to kind of see how it finishes. I want to see how some other drafts go because I think this whole week still is is drafting week. So by the time this comes out, you know, or when you're listening to it, Scott Fishbowl drafts might have been wrapping up a little more, and then we can start to have a better conversation. That's kind of where my head's at. Yeah, I agree on the, the live draft thing. I, I so I mentioned uh, before we started recording. Uh, Philly had got a live draft this year after not having one last year. I signed up, would have been in, 
and my wife decided to schedule our vacation that weekend. So, uh, so I did not uh, live draft. We are. I'm currently slow drafting, uh, and uh, I think uh, we're going to be making one of my picks on here before we get to the trades and listener questions. Um, but I guess I wanted to ask you guys: uh, do Do you have a set strategy going into Scott Fishbowl? I'll start with you, Matt. Did you get? You know, they put out the. He's always changing the scoring up, tweaking it here and there. Uh, I think uh, increased kickers a little bit more this year. Uh, did some stuff with the quarterbacks. With the, the there was the point per carry. So so how you uh, how you handling it? And how, how many rounds are you in? Three, four? Where are you at? We're uh, just at the beginning of the fifth round, and I'm the 101, so I'm at the end of the fifth round. Yeah, so I, I have four players on on the roster. I did kind of force a pick, I think. I mean, I start off with Hertz. I kind of went back and forth on either Hertz or or Travis Kelsey, but ultimately just decided to go with the quarterback. And then coming back at, at 212, I just I really wanted to I really wanted to force the PPC narrative here. And I went with Anthony Richardson at, at 212. Uh, so I started off with those two rushing quarterbacks and then Kittle in the th- at the end of the third, and then Garrett Wilson at 401. So I'm okay with it. Uh, it's definitely risky, but you know, you got to do weird things in this draft to win it. And to me, like the fun of this is, is just having fun drafting. Uh, you know, I got to be 33, 3,299 teams. <laughs> It'd be really fun to win. Uh, but if I don't win, then I don't really care if I'm, you know, last. So, uh, we're, we're trying out some weird things. I, I, I feel like I do that in SFB a lot. I just try out weird things that I wouldn't do in a normal draft for some reason. And that's probably why I haven't made the playoffs in like three years. So. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was going to say what the past few years I've, uh, I've gone into with a set plan and like I create my own rankings uh, just for Scott Fishbowl and all this stuff. And this year I decided I'm just totally winging it. So I, I know what the scoring and settings are, but I, I don't have like a list. I don't have, oh, I can see this guy that I have ranked third is still there. And he, he's the, the sixth guy in his position, or, you know, whatever. So we're going to see how that goes. I, I, I did make the playoffs last year. It wasn't a great team and, and didn't make it the previous two years. So maybe this, this wing it strategy um, will work <laughs> out for me <laughs> and I'll make a good deep run. Um, but Andrew, I guess I want to just, uh, since you, gone the furthest of us i did want to kind of get an idea of what your thinking was when you were doing it. and maybe just a little bit of an idea of your you know to run down all 19 players maybe but just uh, how you ended up kind of going with it well so i mean i had the the fourth pick and the logic of the fourth pick before we knew the scoring was that i would well I'm, I'm good to get one of the top four quarterbacks you know in a super flex league and i put burrow in that because i had a feeling i was going to be in the cincy live draft i'm like it's going to be burrow mahomes allen and hurts like i'll get one of those four that's really all i care about and then Scott comes out with the scoring and Kelsey's kind of a game breaker. And so then there's, you know, now there's five in that top, you know, five in the top four. So I'm not going to get one of those. Right. And so the whole time I was like, well, Kelsey's a UC alum, Burrow, it's Cincinnati. He's going to go. So I'm probably going to be stuck with the decision of like Allen and Hertz. And I just wasn't, I'm not a whole percent, I guess, all the way hundred percent in on Josh Allen. I'm a little nervous with that schedule and Diggs being a little uncertain in the late bye week. And like, there's just some other things that I don't know, kind of gives me a little negative pause. So during the live draft, this is another the thing I love about live drafting is that you can kind of trash talk a little differently, right? When an email draft and everything <laughs> is through DMs and all that, you never know what you're going to get. Well, I'm at the four and Tim Turner is at the five and he was looking at me and he's like, hey, can you, you know, what are you thinking? Who are you going with? And we already knew that Tony, who was the number one pick, was going Kelsey. He pretty much already told us. He's like, I can't not take Kelsey here. Right? I mean, that doesn't make any sense not to take Kelsey. And he was itching to put that sticker on that board. 
So I was telling Tim, like, well, I'll be honest with you. If, if he goes Kelsey and then it's going to go Mahomes and then I'm guessing Burrow goes and then I'll probably be Allen or Hurts and you'll get the other one. And I was like, I'll probably go Hurts and you'll probably get Allen. He's like, I'm fine with that. And so we were kind of talking about it. Well, I'm getting there at four and it goes Kelsey, Mahomes, Hurts. And so Burrow's still there. So I go running up to the board, putting my Burrow sticker on there in Cincinnati. I'm just like, hell yeah. Like I had Burrow last year. I loved it. And Tim was like, you dog, I was going to take Burrow if he didn't go. Like, you know, he's like, I thought for sure you were going to go Hurts. So. It, it was a ton of fun on that. But I did get a couple of stacks, which, again, I like doing in this. I just think it makes it more fun. Uh, it is like a best ball kind of mentality for me. I like having – because like Matt said, if you're not first, you're last. It doesn't matter, you know. I can't say to anybody, like, yeah, I came in 318th and Scott Fishbowl. Like, no one cares. Yeah, no one cares. Um, so, again, that's my logic is, like, I might as well stack. So I got Burrow in the first. I got Cup in the second at 209, which, again, just felt like a steal to me that he kept falling and, and was there at 209. Then that darn third round reversal comes in and uh, I'm waiting a long time again. And I get Brees Hall in the third and then I get my first stack with T Higgins in the fourth. So I got Burrow Higgins stack. Uh, I go back and get Carr as my QB in the fifth. I ended up pairing him with uh, Juwan Johnson, who's my tight end in the 10th. Not exactly excited about that, <laughs> but because tight ends were flying off the board, it was the 17th tight end taken. Uh, J Mike is in my division and, and he did a, a couple of numbers on tight end that did not make me happy. Uh, but I did end up stacking Carr at least, so I got something there. And then I ended up taking uh, James Conner in the ninth, which was a great steal. I think that was a great deal for me. Uh, I got Godwin in the eighth and ended up stacking him later with Baker. So I've got uh, my four quarterbacks are uh, Burrow, Carr, Baker, and Trey Lance, who I got in the 12th. So I feel like I'm pretty confident there with four QBs that are most likely going to start. And my logic in this whole thing and kind of my strategy was just it's a live draft. Have fun with it. Don't worry too much about the picks. Like when you're on the clock for eight hours, you can do some, you know, research and kind of look at some things and see how things, when you're, it's a live draft, there's no clock, but you don't want to be sitting there for 30 minutes on the yeah. clock. Right. <laughs> so like, as soon as I heard it was my turn, I was, or even before, like one pick away, I would go up there and kind of look at some things and narrow it down to two players. The guy would pick, I'd go up and just slam the sticker on. And I think there was a lot of benefit in that. Cause like you said, Rocky, I really didn't have the ability to overanalyze a lot of it. And I think that's probably the better way to do it. So as long as you're having fun and, and as long as you're drafting live, there, there is no wrong. And I had tons of, you know, delicious fruit beers because, of course, John Bosch picked the bar. And uh, it was it was it was terrific. So, yeah, I, I'm happy with my team so far and I can't wait for it to be done. And I'll miss it as soon as it is. <laughs> <laughs> so with my team, I'm picking at the seventh spot because I, I just picked a division I liked based on the people. And I I'm in the Reese's division. I'm a big Reese's Peanut Butter Cup fan. So it's, it all seemed to make sense. Brian Hart's in there. Another TA3 guy. Travis May, Shane Helm, Matt Donnelly. A lot of cool people in there. Nice. So uh, I just went by the division and just picked, just, you know, there were only like two picks left and just grabbed one of them. So I, I didn't, that's another thing I did different this year too. The last couple of years with the third round reversal, I was, I purposely picked 11 to have the early third round, but I didn't worry about that this year. So my my hope is that the the I don't care strategy works <laughs> works better than the meticulous planning strategy, but uh, you probably won't like my pick. I I, I kind of maybe like Matt kind of played to the format too much. Uh, I went at one hundred seven uh, with Burrow still on the board. Uh, I went with Justin Fields because of the points per carry. So, I don't hear it at all. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, um, I knew you picked you picked Burrow, obviously, ahead of, well, of Justin Fields. So. I don't know. Can you guys tell if you're watching live? Am I a Bengals fan? I don't know if that's yeah. ever been talked yes. about. Like, of course I'm a Bengals That makes total sense. It's a homer pick. It's a charity. Bur- Burrow, actually, without, you know, in this scoring last year, actually, he did outscore Fields. But the, the hope is that Fields improves as a passer in year three, all that good stuff. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so I, did, I went that. And then at 206, and uh, – it's funny because Brian Hart even thought it was hilarious that I picked a quarterback at 107, given you know what I do in Dynasty. Uh, but at 206, I went to Sean Watson uh, there, and I, I've seen him go earlier, so I thought it was a decent value at 206. Yeah, Brian, yeah. And, and he also he has the potential not to get a ton of carries, but you know do some a little bit with his feet. So, and then at the 306, uh, I went uh, AJ Brown, my homer pick, Andrew, <laughs> as an Eagles fan. That's late, man. He went late. Yeah. yeah. So I, I thought I was getting good value. I basically just seen who was there when, when my picks came up. I don't have a running back yet with this our, uh, running back per carry, the point per carry. So uh, I've been thinking about maybe that, but I wanted to give you guys kind of best available to each position and, and, and you guys can pick for me. We'll, we'll do some uh, fun stuff here. Love it. Yeah, you have to, you have to agree though. Oh man. <laughs> Okay. So I'm ignoring QB because I'm fine with taking two in the first three. I don't need a third quarterback in the first four rounds. Um, Best available at running back right now. Uh, ETN, uh, Najee, Gibbs, Dobbins. Those, I would say, are probably the top four available there. Let's use that wide receiver. You still got Waddle, Olave, Higgins, uh, Devonta, Smith. Uh, I'll just stop there with those guys. And then a tight end still have Pitts and Kittle on the board. Oh man. You got to get your tight end. That's what I was thinking. The 2.0 premium, we might have to go tight, even uh, with not having a running back yet. I think I might need to get one of those two guys at a tight end. I was going to yeah. say the same. Yeah, I think tight end is the position I would target. And, and then it comes down to which do you think is going to have, you know, a better season. And no, no, no hate. I could totally see going Waddle here too. I feel like Waddle's probably the, the other player that's on my short list, but I'm fine to wait on running back in this play. I'm curious yeah, if Waddle is Pitts. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I can't say Pitts because I took Kittle over Pitts, but everything all, I mean, all, I mean, obviously the mocks are whatever. I didn't do any mocks this year because the one year when you spend a lot of time doing mocks and you realize that it is not anything they're like kind the of real pointless. draft. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're just, that's what I was telling everybody in like the, the one Oh one chat was like, do as many mocks as you want for fun, but do not like pretend that this is going to be, don't rely on them. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to um, go that way. Yeah. But I did like, you know, there was a lot of drafts that one Oh one drafts that were way farther ahead of us. And like Pitts was hitting the five twelve like a lot, like, like, like frequently in that chat. Wow. So um, I went Kittle at, at 312 and thought about just doubling up with Pitts there. But I was like, yeah, I'll grab a wide receiver. Hope Pitts comes back. So I took Kittle over Pitts. So, I, I mean, I would probably do the same thing just because I want to bet on the better offense, you know. That's kind of where I'm at, too. And I think, again, if if you're torn between the two and, and you took Kittle ahead, that's that's the tiebreak for me. I'm fine going Kittle here. And we got some, uh, some chat here, too. I don't know if you saw that, Rocky. Yeah. Roman's in the chat with some good stuff. Yeah, he asked if uh, DJ Moore was there. I feel like I get it. Wait, uh, I pick in basically a round because you know I'm I'm right in the middle of the. Yeah. I think DJ Moore is probably there in the fifth. If I, want I agree, play. especially if guys like Devontae Smith are still on the board. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, in in ADP, in terms of ADP, which again is hard to trust because not everybody is that far along, right? But in terms of ADP, he's currently going around the seven oh three DJ Moore. 
Okay. So I think waiting until the I fifth or sixth on six DJ Moore makes some sense. Seven. Yeah, and I think yeah. again, it, it kind of depends if if Waddle's still there in the fifth. You know what I mean? Like, well, then we're definitely going Waddle over DJ Moore, right? Yeah. But I like the stacking idea for sure. Maybe, maybe I just yeah. go the punt running back thing. Then just I, I think that's where this goes. And honestly, that's not a terrible idea in Scott Fishbowl because we see it every year. There's no trading, right? So it's only this, your team that you're drafting in the waiver wire and stacking up late running backs is probably not a bad method either. If this is how your draft goes, I don't mind it at all. Yeah, so I think I kind of agree with you guys. Anyway, that's kind of what I was looking at when I saw that both Kittle and Pitts were still available. So I am clicking the Kittle button, draft player. He's on my team. Okay, there, there we, we go. go. <laughs> We've got a pick. And now Congratulations. stop holding up my draft so that I could do this on the show. <laughs> okay, so we have a few trades and a couple questions here. So Matt, which do you want to go first, listener questions or our trades? Let's do trades. Okay. As a reminder, TA leagues are 12 teams, super flex, uh, PPR 1.75 tight end premium with 0.05 per return yard. And there's no TA one trade. So I don't have to say except for TA one, but now I just did. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we have, we only have three trades uh, and we'll sort of uh, maybe uh, kind of address that a little bit with one of the questions, but uh it's been, been an ongoing uh, topic of conversation on, on the show this summer that uh, the trades have been kind of kind of lacking for TA leagues. It's been, been a little surprising. Uh, and uh, none of these are, are blockbusters, but uh, we're, we're going to go through them anyway, Andrew and Matt. So, <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one was me and Russ, actually. Uh, these, I think all these happened today when I, when I sent out the alarm. Uh, we need trades for the show, so... Uh, this one was Evan Ingram in a 24-third for a 24-second and a 25-second. Uh, this was in TA2. So, so Matt, what do you, which side do you want? Uh, I think it's about <laughs> the same. I think it's just yeah. fine either way. If you want the tight end, take the tight end. If you want the picks, take the picks. I think I would probably you know, slightly lean towards the picks. Uh, Evan Ingram I like a lot, but you know, this contract situation isn't revolved. He seems, un- seems unhappy. My my personal rule for taking a tight end that I want to start on a regular basis is that he's a top two target on his team. So uh, Evan Ingram, I don't think is going to be that now with with Ridley and uh, of course Kirk. Um, with Kirk in town. So um, yeah, I mean I, I lean the picks, but I think it's fine. I, if you want Ingram, take Ingram there. Andrew, what do you, what do you think of Ingram this year? You think he can repeat last year? I don't know if he even needs to repeat last year to be a value for me still. I think that the two seconds is a fair price. I mean, I don't really care too much about a third either way. It's kind of a toss in. I think if you're, if you're rebuilding, getting the picks for Ingram now and, and not seeing if it tanks is probably a good idea. And if you need a tight end and you feel like those are your picks and you feel like they're going to be late. Cause we always think our picks are late, even though they never are, or I shouldn't say never, but rarely are right. Cause it's only one or two can really be late picks. Everything else is kind of in the middle. Um, I don't mind Evan Ingram at all, though. I think I'd be fine sending those later picks if I needed a tight end in my roster. I always like points. Um, I know picks are kind of nice to have, and you can cash them out for whatever you want. The only thing I would think about on this is, could I get him for cheaper during the season? Like, could I get him for just one second? And you know what I mean? Like, maybe just send a 24-second closer to the season and hold that 25-second, not get the third back, like not do that pick swap. That's about yeah. the only thing I think of. But, again, that's we're, we're, we're picking at some nits right there. I mean, there's really not much of a – we can have a conversation for three hours on this if you want, but I feel like that's doing <laughs> nah. the surface. You know, this is yeah, not nah. that big of a trade. I'm just so, breaking it down. 
I'll take Ingram and just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just going to finish up with giving a little bit of context since this was my trade. And it's, it basically is pretty roster dependent. Uh, Russ has more of a competing team. I have a total trash orphan I took over this year. Uh, so I did get the seconds. And he actually, it's funny you say that, Andrew. He actually, I think, offered um, a 24 second for Ingram at first. Of course, uh, and then I I threw in the third on the Ingram side, and X is for the twenty five second in addition. So that that's how that ended up going down. I felt like one second, and and I think a second will be mid to late. So I I wanted a little more on top of that. So that, but yeah, I think the value is pretty even. So yeah. uh, this one's even somehow more of a minor trade than the last one. Uh, <laughs> so you can get, just say whatever you want about this, or we could just move on. But I, I, I like only had three. Okay. Let's go with that. Uh, TA4. There's at least two players involved in this one on each side. Uh, Jawan Johnson for Kadarius Tony and a 24th third. I guess your thoughts on the trade, Matt, and your thoughts. I'm curious your thoughts on Tony because he's kind of, there's some people that I think kind of still believe. I think there's some people like me who just think Kadarius Tony's just, a, you know, he's going to be a bit of a gadget player and, and not much else. But what do you think? Yeah, this is this is two lottery tickets. Like that's that's kind of how I feel about Tony. I I absolutely think it could pay off. I think he's probably a, a nothing, but you know, a full off season with Mahomes and and that offense with Reed. Maybe they incorporate him more. He's got to get more than the uh, the seven routes or whatever when he had that one usable fantasy game and <laughs> last season for the Chiefs. He was like seven routes and a touchdown, something like that. Um, but, uh, Juwan, I think I do want that side though, cause you got the third with it. So you got two lottery tickets. Juwan Jackson, I like quite a bit, the converted wide receiver to the tight end, but I don't know. I feel like there's, it's, it's kind of crowded there now. They brought in, brought back, uh, Foster Moreau, who I know who has, I think it was hot. was a Hodgkins. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's clear of that. So he's going to play. That's Derek Carr's boy from Oakland, uh, from Oakland, from Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've I, definitely but, done that, man. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, and Taysom Hill is going to steal stuff. And now I don't think necessarily Taysom Hill is still stealing, going to steal what Juwan Johnson would have gotten. He's going to kind of do his own thing, but you know, they're both in the tight end position for fantasy. So, uh, I think I'm taking the, the Tony side here, uh, just because of the uncertainty with Johnson, but I like Johnson. Like if, if we didn't have Foster Moreau there, I think I would probably take the, the Johnson side. Yeah. I, 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 I think I'm with you. I mean, I don't love either of these players. Like I said, I'm not a big Tony believer, um, but it is, he is tied to Patrick Mahomes and you know, it's not like he's surrounded by great wide receivers. Uh, It's Kelsey and a bunch of guys basically. So maybe he can be a little more than he's been in the past. Uh, I do. Like you said, I do like Johnson too, uh, but it's uh, like exactly what you said. It's crowded there. It's a little, there's a, you know, uh, Olave and, and Taysom could cut Thomas in. Is and back t- and Thomas is back for at least a game. And then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and you get to pick on top, which you know thirds don't matter much, but it's better than nothing on top. And Tony could be just as good as Jawan Johnson is, or just as bad as Jawan Johnson is. But uh, Andrew, any thoughts to finish this up on this one? Well, when I saw this one, I was like, well, that that pick feels like it's on the wrong side. You know what I mean? I feel like that the. the the Kadoni, Kadoni, Kadarius Tony height. <laughs> Kadoni. I like that. Call Kadoni. It, shorten it. You're Kadoni. Just start calling him Kadoni. The now. Kadoni hype in my mind. I mean, again, he is attached to Mahomes. He's a young rookie, not rookie, but younger receiver with some, you know, higher upside. And 
Juwan Johnson could end up being third on the depth chart on tight ends for that team that is not as upside, you know, heavy, I guess, as the Chiefs. So I, I like Tony a lot more than Juwan Johnson alone. And if you're going to give me a third to do that, I'm happy to do that. And I'm using the term a lot here, but it's not that much, right? Like, let's be clear. Like, I'm not saying like he's a lot. It's just these are both guys that at the at the bottom of your roster, you're hoping to get something for and moving them around. It's a perfect trade addicts trade because we're all addicts and just addicted to the move. Um, I will say this too, one other way to look at it. I just think Tony has a higher upside and in any of these lower roster guys, I'm looking for upside. You know, he, who can I trade in week two that I think I might be able to get more for? I think I can trade more for Tony than Johnson personally. And Tony has a seventh round ADP and underdog dress. Yeah. Wow. Like one of my one of my favorite things to do, not necessarily with Tony, but one of my favorite things to do with underdog ADP and dynasty ADP is look at young players, especially second year players, third year players sometimes, and see the, dis- the disconnect between dynasty and uh, with redraft ADP. Because oftentimes these young players that are going higher in redraft than they are in dynasty end up working out for dynasty too. So yep. I'm not saying Tony is that guy, but that does give me some pause. Like maybe I, maybe I am far too low on Tony, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I've heard that before too, with the, the, the redraft uh, the underdog thing, uh, the younger players. Yeah. Although one, one I remember specifically hearing about last year with it was Gabe Davis. And I don't know that that Oof. worked out. <laughs> so <laughs> He is only 24 though. So maybe, you know, yeah, he could dead. still, yeah, he could still pay out. Price is wise. much more pal- palatable right now than it was last year. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. So our third trade is is probably the biggest of the three. Uh, this was also me and Russ, by the way. Uh, and I'll start off, and, and I'll start off give, giving the context this time, and then you guys can can chime in. Uh, I TA six. I've been kind of rebuilding. It seems like every TA orphan uh, Russ has given me. Uh, I am now finally, I think, in all the leagues. But when I started, I was only in a couple. Uh, started hosting on here and he's slowly gotten me into all of them as, as co-host and every orphan I seem to take over seems to be crap. So I was rebuilding this team for a couple of years. I'm starting to try and contend. Uh, I think I'm trying to think of it slightly. I think Tua is my only quarterback in that league. Uh, and uh, I have a, uh, I have some other decent starters and my, it's actually a pretty good team. I have Waddle. I, I, I'm trying to remember. I should have pulled it up before I started talking about it, but it, it definitely has a chance this year, but that is the league that J Mike is in. So am I going to probably lose to J Mike at best if everything goes perfectly? Yes. But I figured I might as well just try, try and win uh, at this point instead of waiting five years until J Mike finally leaves the league. And then maybe that team doesn't, isn't so good anymore. So, uh, so Russ had sent me something to try and give me a quarterback and Jared Goff. And then I countered adding, uh, adding Pacheco in, uh, I forget exactly what the first original offer was. And then, uh, he sent me something smaller back, uh, just for, to give, to give me Pacheco. And so what I did is I just combined the two trades that Russ had sent me. (laughs) And that's how we ended up actually getting the deal done. This is the original golf trade, then the second Pacheco trade combined. And then this is what we came up with. So it's Jared Goff, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, 25 second, 25 third for a 25 first and three 24 seconds, which I I had four uh, 24 seconds. So, uh, a lot going on there. A lot of pieces. Some of them uh, less significant than others. Um, but Andrew, I'll let you start this time. What do, what do you think of this one? 
I mean, again, it, if I'm looking at it value-wise, it feels about fair. You know, like Goff is probably worth the 25 first and maybe a second. You know, you could add a third, like kind of play around with some of that. And Pacheco in a 25 second for two 24 seconds feels about fair. I mean, yeah, value-wise, it's right there. I just, again, I tend to lean on points. I want to see something happen with my assets and not just let them sit on my bench. So, and again, it's a, these are super flex leagues. You know, Pacheco could be the guy. There's There's some known upside there. Seconds are all lottery tickets. And by the time that 25 first gets picked, it won't even be your pick. We're going to trade that 35 more times. So <laughs> I'm looking at this like, give me Goff and Pacheco. I'm okay giving up all of those picks in a sense. I'm still getting one 25 second back to play around with and a 25 third. And so, yeah, I, I think I take the players, but this is literally kind of like a, a coin flip trade for me. And again, a roster dependent, like, do I have another quarterback? Do I not? Can I give up, right? You know, can I give up Goff or whatever? But yeah, I think I lean the players, but it's pretty close. Yeah, and Goff, like I said, for me, is going to be my QB2. Right. The team I'm trying to have uh, contend. Uh, so I thought it made some sense. And, and I get that neither of these guys are probably ever going to, maybe Pacheco has a chance to, but they're not going to rise much in value. I get all that. But uh, it's like you said, sort of going for the points. I, I do think Goff. There's definitely a chance. I think he plays all year. I'm not worried about Hendon Hooker or anything like that. Uh, no. They're, they're going to be a decent team. They're not going to, you know, Goff's going to be, in, unless he's just atrocious or something, which he hasn't been, uh, oh. actually, as the line. Well, not as the Lions can do it, it's Goff, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe towards <laughs> the end of his Rams tenure, but uh, since he's been with the Lions, he's actually been, and last year he had a very uh, good fantasy season uh, for what was expected of him anyway. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm trying to get the points. And yeah, like you said, that 25 first, I have a, a, you know, a year and a half, two years to get that back, all that good stuff. So, uh, Matt, what do you, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I I think I feel pretty much the same. Roster dependent. If you need the quarterback, get the quarterback. I I don't like giving up a first round pick for Jared Goff for a trade with Gary Goff or Pacheco, who who are neither players that I'm really on this season. Um, but you know, like you said, if you're in a in a spot where you feel like you can compete and you need the quarterback, go get it. I, my my only hesitation in these situations is what else could I get for those picks? You know, could I get could I get if I got rid of Pacheco in the 25 second and 25 third? Could I send the 25 first and three 24 seconds for a quarterback I might want more than Goff? You know, but you know, what, sometimes you have a deal in, in hand and it's, it's it's often easier to just take what you got. You know. And sometimes you have a show in six hours too. So. And, and sometimes you need content. And sometimes you need content. I love trading for content. That's the best way to get trades, yeah. especially with Russ and Rocky. Like that's perfect. You guys are both yeah, like, exactly. I don't know, both yeah, of you are like I'll yeah, sacrifice. Well, two of these trades were us, and, and the other one was Russ and somebody else. So there you go. We we, had, we got stuff that, and this one was definitely kind of a little bit for the show. So. Um, I'm not golf is not a guy I'm particularly targeting either. Uh, but that's who Russ offered and I thought we could make it work. So we did. Um, okay. So that finishes up our trades, which means we're on to the couple of listener questions we have. And, um, Oh, but first, I forgot. I knew I knew I was stalling for some reason. Um, I, <laughs> Andrew, uh, not quite as probably as exciting as mine because Andrew's in like the uh, 20th round? 19th. 19th That's what I was going to say. I'm, I'm on the clock like you were. I'm on the clock, and I want you guys to help me make a pick. At 1909, we're way down in the draft at this point, and there are three players wow. I'm looking at here. I've got my roster build at this point is four quarterbacks, so I feel like I'm pretty good at quarterback. 
And I'm on an MFL league, so I don't have to start a kicker, and I don't really want to start a kicker. I was going to ask, do you have any kickers? I don't have any yet, no. And I I can probably pick one up off waivers. I'm really not, you know, I I don't think I need to draft one. Uh, At this point, though, I do have six running backs, six receivers, and two tight ends. So I'm a little lean at tight end with just Jawan Johnson and Trey McBride. So I'm kind of leaning toward, like, Isaiah Likely or – uh, Logan Thomas, like one of those guys is my third tight end in the scoring. I kind of, Logan Thomas seems kind of alluring. And then running back, I'm thinking, I'm leaning toward Kareem Hunt, just kind of taking a flyer in case he lands somewhere. I feel like he goes the right place. That could be a pick. I mean, again, it's him or like Pierre Strong, Joshua Kelly, Chase Edmonds, like none of those guys do anything for me. No. And then at receiver, I've got like Hunter Renfro, Alec Pierce, Curtis Samuel, uh, Jalen Hyatt, you know, like some of those names, but I, I'm not really jazzed on any of those names either. So, I guess I'm just kind of curious what you guys would do. Rocky, I guess I'll start with you somewhat hosting in a second here. Which would you prefer of those names that are all very exciting? The one that I liked the most when you said it, assuming he's going to start this year, and I don't see why he wouldn't, is Logan Thomas. Uh, there could be some sneaky, you know, two point perception uh, upside there. Uh, I mean, None of these guys have, have a lot going for Cook Hunt would probably be the other option just because we don't – there's the mystery there. He, it could be a boat. It's a, it, yeah. Exactly. It's a box, and it yeah. could be Kareem Hunt. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe maybe he goes, uh, you know, to the Dolphins or something and, and right. gets a lot more carries than A-Chain or anybody else there. Uh, I, I, think, I think I would lean Thomas just because of the 2.0. Uh, I, I haven't been keeping I you know if he's definitely like good to go and, and and is expected to start and all that, but assuming you know that which I'm not sure I do, <laughs> uh, I I would be him or Hunt. So, uh, uh, Matt, what do you think? Is that where you would go with one of those two? I, I would go with tight end for sure. There, I think uh, Logan Thomas is a solid if boring pick is i mean out of all of the like super late tight end targets he's the one i think that has guaranteed volume you know assuming health that's been his problem the last uh couple of years um but i'm guessing guys like mike kosicki are gone oh yeah uh yeah all those guys are probably gone and michael mayer is probably gone oh yeah jelani woods is it Gasicki went in the 13th round. Jelani Woods is there. Yep. Jelani Woods is available. I mean, that, that's some upside if you want to shoot, shoot, if you want to shoot a yep. shot there, like that's, that seems like it's not a bad option. Ease. Yeah. Um, but if you want it solid and boring, I'd say Logan Thomas. If you want to take a shot, I'd say Jelani Woods, I guess. Not really helpful, Matt, but I love it. I think I'm going to go, uh, I think I'm going <laughs> to, I'm definitely leaning toward tight end and that's, I, I'm glad to hear you guys kind of agree with me, especially with only having two. I feel like with that points, you know, that premium on that, that's pretty nice to have even on your bench. So, yeah, I mean, you can at this flex point, those guys, you can flex yeah. those guys. If you have to, you can't flex the, whatever garbage is at running back or wide. Exactly. And I mean, I could, but I would rather not. Right. And I think the upside is much easier to get with tight end. It doesn't take as much effort with the points per first down and everything. I mean, Jelani Woods, two catches, one of which for a first down and 18 yards will outscore Isaiah Spiller's 18 carries for two yards. You know what I mean? Like it's, you never know what you're going to get with that. So I'm, I'm leaning between Woods and Thomas. So I'll go back to you, Rocky, to help break the tie. Let's say it's Woods or Thomas, which of those two, you mentioned Thomas. I'm guessing that's who you go with, but, I didn't know if, if we convinced you on Woods, even though we barely mentioned him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think I would go with Tom. I, I guess you could make the upside argument. It's, you know, 3,000 well, people. Kate Odden? With- Kate Odden there? 
Kadon is there, yes, actually, and I do have Tampa. I, I do have a, I, I do have a uh, Baker Godwin stack, so that would kind of fill in. I think in I might that. like him better than than Thomas. Well, and um, here's the other I, thing I was just realizing as about the draft. Like Woods more than Otten myself. Well, <laughs> I think I might too, but Logan Thomas has a week 14 bye. So that's where like in that later season, that might be a good tie break to have somebody available when I need him the most. Because by that yeah. time of year, you never know who you're going to need and uh, who could be injured. Otten is a bye week five and uh, Jelani Woods is bye week 11. So those don't have that issue. So now I'm leaning toward Otten or Woods because, again, it doesn't matter at this point. These are guys that I might even drop because it's 19th round. So I'm going to go with Jelani Woods. I feel like that makes the most sense with my team yeah. and my pick. That's where I, I would lean. Go. I don't want to lean too heavy on I don't, I don't I like Richardson, sad. but let's go for the upside with the two young guys. Maybe, maybe lightning really in good. a bottle. Yeah. Maybe lightning in a bottle. Maybe Jelani Woods is his guy, and, you know, it just blows up. So there it is. Pick made. That's two Scott Fishbowl picks on one show, folks. That's <laughs> got to be a record. So I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's get to the couple of listener questions we have. Uh, the first comes from FF Tommy B. Uh, I did, uh, you know, Russ always puts the random question at the end of his uh, show tweets. And mine was in honor of Russ not being here and, and Andrew, which I didn't know for sure was subbing at the time. But uh, what uh, what is your, uh, give me your best replacement of all, who or what is the best replacement of all time? And he says, Arnell Pineda deserves mention on the list of best replacements. But I'll be honest. I had to look up. Did you, did you guys know who this is? I had to look I him up Google too. It. Yeah, he replaced uh, Steve Perry as the lead singer of Journey. Oh, <laughs> and I actually have heard the guy's Filipino guy. I I, I remember okay. this now. I didn't know his name, but I remember this after he. I googled it, and he does have a great voice, but I I'm not that familiar with him. Uh, but I guess before we get to the football questions, do you guys have any answers for the best replacement question? I took it literally as like from the movie is how I took it from the replacement. <laughs> See, That's in, how in I the, took in it. In the tweet replies, there is a Shane Falco gift. So I saw that, <laughs> and I was gonna say, I was gonna say uh, Frank Clifford Franklin, Franklin Clifford, whichever <laughs> Orlando Jones character. The wide, he's D, he's D, Darius Hayward Bay. He runs fast. He can't catch. So <laughs> I picked him. I love it. Yeah, and yeah, I just meant it as sort of like somebody replacing somebody else in their. Well, I'll, I'll let you go, Andrew. Then I'll say the two that came to mind for me when I asked the question. Well, I, the, my first thought when I when I think of replacements is kind of an again it can go a lot of different directions. And hearing you mention you know Journey and replacing Steve Perry, I was like, ah, that's a terrific replacement. And it's Chester Bennington who replaced Scott Weiland in Stone Temple Pilots for a couple of years. I think that was a hell of a replacement right before Scott passed away. And of mm-hmm. course. Then Chester later passed away, but Chester was an amazing front man to that band, which again is one of my favorites from my childhood. So again, sticking with music, I guess with Tommy B on that one, I, I gotta be, I mean, cause Chester, come on, like that's a hell of a voice, a hell of a guy already and replacing a, a hell of a voice in Scott Whalen is not easy, but, and there's a ton of that there's in music. There's a whole the bunch of that from, uh, places, but I, I can't think of his name, but the guy who replaced uh, Lane Staley for Alice in Chains too. That guy was, yes. was pretty good. I actually saw them live with whatever the new guy's name, apology to the new guy. Not even new, probably. <laughs> Been with him a decade yeah. now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. And it's funny. No no one mentioned the sports one, which is something I also, like, the one that easily came to mind for me was, 
Well, Steve Young would be one, but Tom Brady replacing Drew Bledsoe oh, yeah. in the uh, the playoffs, yeah. uh, and then yeah. going on like to win, uh, yeah, <laughs> six, uh, seven, whatever Super Bowl, whatever it ended up being. Uh, and then I also had a pop culture one, which was not music related. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody's a New Girl fan out there, but uh, Winston replacing Coach after the oh, uh, yeah the, the first that uh, was the that first was episode funny. of the first season. I, it was I the first remember. season, yeah. yeah. And, but then, and then Coach, Coach came back, back, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Winston was Winston, Winston was basically so took the coach spot, and he was a million times better than coach. Yeah, so. agree. That's pretty. That's he a good is, one. By the way, he was on an episode. I just started listening to this new podcast. This is probably probably dumb, but uh, there's a. You guys listen to the Smartless podcast with Jason oh, yeah. Bateman, and so they I've have another it, yeah. like not a spinoff, but with Jamil Jamila from uh, what you call it from a uh, good, good place. place. She mm-hmm. has a, a podcast called Bad Dates, and Winston Lamorne. L- 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 Lamorne something yeah was on Lamorne, it. and he Myers, told he is. told a couple of amazing stories about bad dates one of them ended with a woman that, that he got a call from the fbi about so <laughs> and another one out. another one tyrese who is an actor or whatever it was in fast and furious and stuff yeah he like walked in and stole his date right from his table from him so <laughs> It was all right. Was good. Anyway, plug for bad dates on the laundry. Subscribed. That sounds great. There you go. <laughs> uh, right. but, the, but Tommy's actual uh, fantasy question was: uh, Why do you think trade? Like we talked about earlier, why do you think trading has been more difficult, less frequent? And I don't know that I have a good answer to this, but I want to hear your guys because I'm curious too. So Matt, what have you? I've been asking this to a lot of guests, uh, especially. Uh, when Russ hasn't been here, it's been a, a topic that's constantly on my mind because it's, it's it's every time I I notice it more when I'm hosting. Like we have no trades, and I've noticed it across my leagues too, not just in the, the trade addicts leagues. It feels like things are just less, especially this summer. It's just been less than than ever. Like it feels like. Have you noticed that? And do you what do you think the reason is for it? If you have, yeah, I've had a fair amount of I guess inactivity, except for like around auctions and. I, I guess dispersals, which are also auctions. So I had in all of my leagues, I had a dispersal and of course the rookie auction. And I think that there was, you know, a fair amount of activity. I'd say pretty close to average, if not above average around those events, but otherwise it's been almost dead. Uh, and I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. Maybe people are, you know, we're going out and touching grass this summer, right? We're, <laughs> we're, we're going outside, we're doing stuff. I know I've gone outside a lot and, and had, had a, just a ton of, uh, uh, outdoor activities and stuff planned this 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 year this off season. So maybe maybe that's it. But yeah, I don't have a good answer for it either. I guess the answer is have more you know events in your leagues in the off season to increase that activity level. You, when you said that, something kind of hit me uh, for a second there, like the touching grass thing, because for a while we couldn't touch grass. Exactly. And a lot of people are now probably in a lot more leagues than they were a year or two ago. Absolutely. Especially two or three years ago, I should say, like back when COVID first hit. Everybody was doing I did, too. I've stayed in a lot of them, though. Um, but I would probably say I'm, you know, I'm not as active as I was when I had 20 leagues or 25 leagues, even probably, uh, where I'm now closer to, to 40. So, uh, 40. Oh yeah. my God. Oh my God. Yeah. It's I actually, went the other thir- way. I it's went actually 37. I know some people have been, but, uh, and I think that's happening more now too. And that's, you know, the, the people are being inactive and then they're deciding, I don't want to, you know, it's too many leagues. I, I want I need to get out of some of these leagues. Uh, so I think that may be a part of it that there's just people are in more leagues than they were in the past, or they're ready to get out of leagues and they're not participating, and then they then they drop out. But this uh, 
Well, I don't know about you guys, but how do you, would you, are you guys like, if like, I'm going to go to every league and send out a bunch of trades right now. Like how I, I kind of like focus on like one week league for a week or something, and then focus on another league for a time period. So like, it feels like I'm probably inactive in some of them, but really I'm just like trying to like put small windows of time, like focusing on one team and trying to develop it before like instead of trying to do like 10 at once you know what i mean yep and that's especially with as many teams as i have that's what yeah. i tend to do yeah like, with 40 of couple... them i can't even imagine yeah it's gonna take 40 weeks for a rocket to get through all <laughs> 40 of weeks to get through his trade uh, yeah. by the time he's done it's it's time for the season again guys like i'm already in it yeah you gotta have to double up there Rock. Yeah, that's um, rough rocky well I, I actually looked at this and and tommy actually commented on my post too i posted this uh about a week ago and I just was curious. I was like, well, how many trades have I done? Because I keep track of all my stuff because I'm ridiculous. Um, so by July 1st, I had made 72 trades this year and across all of my leagues, right? I would say uh, it's more than a lot of people. Last year, yeah. And that's why I'm Even on the show. with the same number right? of leagues as you, I'm saying. Well, yeah. A couple of more. Yeah, I have, I'm only in, uh, well, there's 37 if you count the eliminators, which I'm not sure those count because those are drafts, but I don't really have to do anything. It's 20 lineups now, which is what I'm looking at. In any case, I had 72 trades this year by July 1st. Last year, I had 102 by July 1st. But the year before that, I had 79. So I think it's a little bit of we're kind of getting back to average. I feel like, like Matt, you kind of hit on it with the touching grass. And Rock, you, you did a good job of pivoting to the point I was going to make, too. I feel like a lot of people in 2020 started new leagues. So trades were probably down. Whenever you start a league, you don't do a whole lot of trades, at least that I've seen. And then 2021, we had a bunch of orphans and that's always new fresh fish and fresh meat and all this, right? We start to have some some churn. And then I think 2022, I think last year, we really saw the bottom fall out on a lot of leagues. And I think we saw a lot of consolidation. I think we saw, I mean, I'm, I know I'm in at least two or three leagues in 2022 that just disbanded. They just, you know, there wasn't enough interest. It was a low buy-in. It was a COVID league pretty much, right? And so when those leagues fall apart and go away, it kind of comes back to reality. And I, again, I, I agree with you too. I think there's a lot more people doing a lot more stuff this summer than I was even doing last summer. So I think it's kind of all of that, right? I, think, I just think it's all of that. And then the piece that I actually commented on when Tommy, com- Tommy commented on my thread was, I also feel like everybody's got the same information now. Like it used to feel yeah. like you could get an edge somewhere. Like you could, you know, I use DTC and you use DLF. And I feel like now everybody uses everything or like content is just everywhere. So it's really hard to find someone who doesn't know something you know or isn't agreeing with you on the player valuation. So I feel like all of that kind of combines to make it feel like it's less and it makes trading a little more difficult, you know, and I don't have any metrics on offers I've sent, but I feel like I've had to send more offers to get a completed trade in the last couple of years than I did before too. So I just think it's like a convergence of all this at once, really. That's really interesting because I mean, now, like, like, like you said, you know, 20 years ago, I don't, I'm dating myself here. I know, but like the edge was that you had information and other people didn't like, you know, back when like football guys was the only non-mainstream site and you were on football guys and just crashing the shark tank forums. And like, you were, you know, grinding that stuff. And now like you press a button anywhere and you get the same information. So it's almost like you have to be willing to, you know, compromise how you value certain players in order to get deals done at this point. So like somebody has to give and if nobody's willing to give, then nothing gets done. And it sucks that like, you know, sometimes you or maybe all of the time, I feel like I have to give, like, I can't tell you how many like trades that I took to improve my team, but I know I gave up too much value like to do it. 
this like I was I was like no like nobody wants Dak Prescott right now like not a single freaking oh, I person God. I couldn't trade him straight up for Tua I couldn't trade him straight up for like anybody in that fourteen to fifteen range you know I had to I I, had to, I tried to get uh, tried to send like picks and 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 Dak to get Richardson I tried to get Watson straight up for him like just nobody like wants this guy I ended up I think I moved it moved Dak for for Kirk Cousins or a Rocky special. And uh, like Rashad Bateman or Rashad Bateman or something like that, just to like add an extra piece to my team, you know? Yeah. So like, that's something that like, if we want to keep trades going, like people have to be more willing to, you know, give and take on, on that end. Well, and, and on that point too, I wonder if that's part of it is that most of the people that I'm in leagues with, I know from Twitter and are going to post it on Twitter or like have a DM group where they talk about trades and nobody wants to lose a trade. And like, there's all this kind of like, you know, back and forth on that. And I do think everybody in the leagues that I'm in, at least, are all very sharp and are, you know, paying attention for the most part, which is kind of a twist. It used to be that you could catch people sleeping a little bit. No yeah. one's sleeping anymore. And then also, and, and this is a little bit, I wouldn't say humble brag, but kind of like maybe a little bit of a brag, but like I write articles for, for a website that people are familiar with. And so they're not willing to let me get anything from them. Like kind of to your point, Matt, I've had to give like extra seconds to get deals done. You know, yep. I'm just like, cause they're like, oh, you must know something I don't. And I'm just like, I don't. I just want, this is a fair trade on every calculator. Like <laughs> throw in a second, I'll do it. I'm like, why, why, you know what effort I'll do it. And that's where I end up with, I just feel like I'm, I'm giving more than I'm getting. And I'm kind of with you, Matt. And I, I've tried really hard to stop doing that. Cause it just hurts my team. And I'm like, I just want to make a trade. I got to let that itch go. You know, I'm like, no, no, let it just sit. Don't do it. And then I end up doing it in a week anyway, but that's kind of where I'm going to like, I think it's just a lot of things. It's not like one thing. It just feels like do you th- the, the motions that direction. Do you think best ball has caused some of this issues? Not because of, cause best ball is great. I love best ball, but in terms of people being plugged in, like even yeah. in the off season, like, cause at least like in the off season in dynasty, you know, you have your, I don't want to call them regular people, your plebs, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> you know, they disappear for at least a few months, call me in July yeah. or August and let's go again, you know? Uh, but that doesn't happen anymore. It just seems like we're drafting constantly year round. Like dynasty is not the only year round part of fantasy. That's a very good point. Yeah. I like that. Again, that's one of 10 reasons we've now listed, right? So I think Tommy's go, probably Rocky. on. We did well, it. Tommy's on to something <laughs> with this question. And I feel like the answer is all of it. You know what I mean? Like if there isn't one thing and, and I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing. I don't know if we've even given it value of it being a negative. I just think, you know, everybody getting sharper. We're, we're it's kind a of, harder game. It's a harder the, game. Yeah, yeah, the pendulum swinging to this side, and it'll come back eventually. Info you know? and everyone getting sharper. Like, even, like, I used to be a guy that would be more willing in the offseason to trade, say, for running backs. And it, just sort of my way of thinking, I, I've kind of come more to the conventional wisdom of yes. I don't want to buy running backs in the offseason. Or if right. I do, it's got to be super, super cheap. And a lot of times the people that are holding are those, those running backs aren't going to want to trade in super cheap. And So I think there's a lot of people like me that in the past would have gone that way and, and other people would have you know sold their running backs and for, for a decent amount uh or any position you know just it's things and there's 25 percent yeah. of the market right there right there's 25 percent right. or more of the market like we don't want to trade for running backs we're well, not going to do it okay so that takes yeah, your trading partners so from 11 to down to now. seven now you know what i mean like yeah. now you've only got set so I, I really think when you start to look at the micro economies that we're dealing with with these dynasty leagues if you've got 11 trade partners, four of them don't want to lose a trade. Four of them don't trade for running backs. The other three aren't paying attention. They're like, I'm not going to get screwed. I'm not going to trade. So it just feels like everybody's kind of building to that same quiet. Multi-copy yeah. leagues. I'm just saying. Like yeah, all, of the, the, is, all of the main activity in my, my leagues are my multi-copy leagues. Like yeah. you have two other. Okay. You're not going to trade me. 
uh, Anthony Richardson. I'm going to go talk to the other two managers. They're not going to trade him to me either. At least I have options, you know? Yeah, because then the guy's like, wait, 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 hold on. You're right. You're right. Um, Hold on. Let me think about this. You know, it, it causes that other person that said no to not say no. Whereas in a one copy league, they can just say no. There is no other market. So I agree with you. The leverage is very different in multi-copy for sure. And I think if I'm being honest, that would be a lot more fun to see like, I don't know, like a safe leagues do like four copy leagues. You know what I mean? Like do like a bigger, you know, format, so to speak, and kind of put all those together. I I think that's going to be a format we see, you know, maybe even take over in Scott Fishbowl at some point. I know Scott's usually ahead of the curve and obviously run safe leagues. Maybe that's where we go next year as we start to see four leagues together to kind of have one big league. Cause this league is the Scott fishbowl league itself is already kind of massive. Maybe that's another option. I just don't know what else there is left. He's done everything. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to bring that up. I mean, and he started, I don't know if he started multi-copy leagues, but pigs were some of the most popular yeah. ones early on. And, you know, I, I'm there, I'm there. I'm going to bring it up to him uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens. I feel like it's going to, it, it would introduce a ton of problems, but yeah, uh, say, actually, you know what? Sleeper can't do it. And sleeper can't do it. And, and that it. that was kind of part of what I think too. Like sleeper can't do it. Darn, he's going to have to go back to MFL. That's okay with me. Uh, I know <laughs> the way MFL is superior. Yeah. But the other twist <laughs> of this is you get somebody who's like not familiar, right? Like someone who's not paying attention, oh, and just sure. like a regular, yeah. you know, plebe or whatever as you call it. Which again, are, I'm, I love regular folk. Don't get me wrong. But you get somebody who's not familiar with a multi copy. Don't, don't worry. Oh, I don't think you're offending mind. any regular folk who are listening to this podcast in the middle of. Maybe July. you got a new. Maybe you got a new <laughs> listener, Brock. We got it. We got a new person. They're talking about me. A new addict the, uh, who is someone who is just now tuning yeah. in for the first time. They've never listened before. And they're like, I would love to become a trade addict. Most of the people listening to a Dynasty podcast in, in the first week of July are, are degenerates anyway. I'm just saying, wouldn't it be funny to see like a four-copy league and somebody takes Mahomes one overall and then two overall is Mahomes. And that person's like, no, that pick's got to be rolled back. That one, the guy already went. Like, it's like, no, <laughs> man. Like, it just, it's like a whole nother, it ruins the draft for a lot of people. It confuses the crowd. It makes way more work. So I doubt it happens. But that would be a fun twist. I'd be down. They do work better for auctions too, I think. But. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because mm-hmm. then you can kind of like see what the one value is and kind of go with the second, and you know, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll finish. Up. We actually have two questions from from one person here to finish up with. So uh, his, uh, we met me and Russ have talked about on the show. His Twitter handle is too hard to pronounce because it cuts off some letters. So we're just calling him Ascending Descent, uh, which is his Twitter, you know, name or whatever you call that. The the actual what he has uh, up top there. So. Uh, who was your favorite rookie late QB shot? Uh, and then he asked, if we don't believe in Jordan Love, he says, does Cliff. Cliff, I believe, is Sean Clifford, uh, who the Packers mm. drafted in the fifth round. Does Sean Clifford have a shot? Well, I'm a Packer fan, and Sean Clifford has no shot. <laughs> that, that, that is one yeah, of the worst picks. The Packers have made a lot of bad picks, but the, but the Sean Clifford pick is one of the worst picks. Of, of all time it is terrible so do you have a uh late drafted uh or i guess in rookie, rookie? draft or the uh yeah a rookie late qb shot like a guy that uh you know like I, I, have later rookies. I have two I yeah guess. i i would say number one jaron hall just because of mobility hmm. He's he's kind of like uh, he's not a great passer. I mean, I guess you don't really necessarily need that with the mobile guys, but I don't know if he'll ever make it. But I I like uh, Aiden O'Connell in in Las Vegas. Uh, just like he's basically Jimmy Garoppolo, except he's healthy. He's a very accurate kind of extension of the coach kind of quarterback. 
Uh, and if Garoppolo is not healthy and they decide they don't want to go to Brian Hoyer for some reason, then, you know, Aiden, Aiden O'Connell, I think is kind of interesting. And I think I know who you're going to say, so I'll leave it. I'll leave the, I'll leave the other guy I was thinking. I had Aiden O'Connell in mind as well, but the, the other one I'm going to say before Andrew maybe takes it, maybe, maybe it's not who Andrew might say, but just, I know nothing about most of these late round quarterbacks. This is solely based on potential opportunity and it's Clayton Toon. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea if he's any good whatsoever, but just with Kyler Murray potentially not starting the year, Colt McCoy is not very good. And, uh, I'll think it's hurt himself. It seems like when he gets in there. So, uh, he could get some starts. Maybe you can get a, you know, a, a, an improvement. Uh, like if you draft him the fourth, maybe you can get a third for him. If he's starting for a month or something. Andrew, do you have anybody? Yeah. My, my Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell was mine. I mean, Aiden O'Connell seems like the easy pick in a way. I just feel like there, there's a, you know, there's a 10% chance that Garoppolo is either injured or on a different team by week three. And it could be Aiden O'Connell for the whole season, right? Which is, you know, not at all what anybody wants, but it could happen. So that's that's always a fun one. Uh, the other, yeah. I mean, again, you, you mentioned you mentioned Tune, which I don't I don't hate. Um, I mean, another deeper one is like Dorian Thompson Robinson with Cleveland. I mean, again, Watson is he's still a stud in a sense, but there there could be other shoes that drop with him. We don't know everything that's going on. I mean, he had a really rough off the field experience, regardless of what you think of it. He still, as a player has struggled and, you know, to kind of find his footing and all that. And and other than, than Thompson Robinson and, and Watson, it's like Joshua Dobbs, I think is on the roster. Like there's just nobody there. And I could see Cleveland kind of being like, well, if, uh, if it's not Watson uh, and Chubb is on his last legs, let's just see what we got in the rookie. And I think in dynasty, that's all you're looking for is like you said, opportunity. And I, he might have an opportunity as much as anyone else in my mind. So I don't know. I liked him at UCLA, too. I don't think he was a bad player. Yeah. The other one is Stetson Bennett, you know, with Matthew Stafford. Yep. Is Elwood going to survive? Uh, I think they have Brett Rippon there now behind him. And yeah, Bennett is maybe the third guy. But, you know, we, we've already seen Brett Rippon, I think, and what he can provide, which is, you know, not a whole lot, unfortunately. Well, and, and another name before going super deep is Tanner McKee for Philly, right? I mean, there is sure. a chance. Yep. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. You know, bit injury on anyone, but that offense is pretty stellar. And if Tanner McKee ends up getting a chance, it might not take much for him to score points in quarterback. So again, these are plus, all exactly. Plus, what we you're keep using for. Russ's isn't joke. It, they might replace Jalen Hurts. You know, isn't that such a weird one though? Like, isn't that such, doesn't that seem like a weird draft pick? Uh, in yeah, Philly? like he is. They're gonna have to completely change the offense. For McKee. Yeah. Like he can't do yeah. anything that hurts does, does really except for hand the ball off, I would say. Well, my logic there is he doesn't maybe need to do much. And that's what I like about yeah. it is that like you, you could drop him into that offense and just give him, you know, eight plays of a playbook and just be like, this is what you got. You got A.J. Brown, you got Devontae Smith, you got Dallas Goddard, you know, you got Rashad Penny, you got like all these other guys that you could just figure it out, get the ball to, right? And I think that that could work. I don't know. I think you just called him Brock Purdy, I think. Yeah, that's basically what I did. Yeah, I mean, it's the same basic premise, right? And Brock Purdy did well. Well, that is, it would be the same because he would need two injuries to get in there. (laughs) True, but also we've seen stranger things happen, right? Is it Gardner? Is that who the Philly backup Uh, is? Mariota. No, it's Mariota. Oh, my God. Okay, so Mariota could, you know. But he more fits what Matt was saying in that, not that he's Jalen as good as Jalen Hurts, but yeah, he could more run the sim- same similar kind of offense with Mariota. So, uh, but uh, that gets us to our last question from Ascending Descent. 
where is the ADP line on players you would add a second to to get to a first? Whew. I recently traded Elijah Moore in a second for a first. I'm assuming we're talking 24 first. How far up ADP would you go? So I did pull up the ADP for June, Superflex ADP, and he is wide receiver 46, Elijah Moore. So first of all, I guess, um, would you give up a, a Elijah Moore in a second for first? Because I would. Easily. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure we all agree on that. I think okay. that's a good starting point, though. Yeah, because that's kind of where it starts to get gray on I'm, some of these other names. I think um, it's fine, but I like Elijah Moore. Like, I mean, if, if I'm if I'm. I guess this is a weird one to say if I'm competing, I guess that doesn't really make any sense, but I, I, I could go either way. Like if I am, if I am, you know, not tanking, I could see myself wanting to hang on to Elijah Moore, but I think it's totally fine. Well, I just made a trade in the league since we're talking, we're talking trades on trade addicts. I just traded away Elijah Moore for Roshan Johnson in the league. And I was just like, I just feel like Roshan Johnson's got some more upside you know, running backs are really weird to buy right now, but I'm just not sold on Elijah Moore. So more in a second for a first I'm down for that for sure. So speaking of which, Moore is is the 122nd overall player, and Roshan Johnson is the 123rd overall player. So you guys <laughs> did good of value. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. Good trade, you guys. So we're gonna play a little version of the game we like on, on Trey Addicts here, uh, going up the ADP. Uh, I'm gonna hop a couple spots up. DeAndre Hopkins in a second for a first. Yes, easily, easily, exactly. Uh, Mike yeah. Williams in a second for a first. That's wide receiver 41. Mm. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, and well, can we guarantee Mike Williams stays healthy? Like, <laughs> you can never, no. nobody can guarantee. Then that. I, then I got to take the first. I feel like my, I like Mike Williams. He just that offense is going to change with Quentin Johnston in there now. And yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about Williams a little bit. Yeah, I think I, I think I would do that for a first. I would do that um, for a first. Rashad Bateman in a second for a first. First. I don't no, know I'm if I can trust Bateman, Bateman right now. No, I'm taking Bateman there. Bateman I think in he's the second. Blow up. <clears throat> okay. Jameson Williams in a second for a first. Oh. Jameson. Even though he's suspended, I still think that guy's got talent. So now this is this guy's ahead of Jameson, but Mike Evans in a second for a first. I don't think so. I'll take unless Mike I'm, Evans. Unless I I'm still trust him. him. Still, so no, we're no, generally at about wide receiver 39 for Jameson's 39, Bateman's 40, Evans is 38. So that's about the limit. So right around pick 100 in a super flex league, yeah, somewhere in there. That's basically where – and I kind of agree with you guys. I, I don't think – Jamison especially. Bateman's a little closer to me that I could see you doing it, although I, I do feel better about Bateman than a lot of people do, partially because I'm not a Flowers guy. But Sam um, Howell. What about Sam Howell ooh. in a second? <clears throat> That's a fun one. Oh, I would do that all day, but I, I, I've been ripping Sam Howell all offseason. So. <laughs> I never believed he was actually going to be the starting quarterback, and now it seems he's going to be. But I, I, know, I didn't like him coming out. I, a lot of people yeah. like him way more than I did. I did not. I, I literally, uh, I, and I did a lot better job watching film the year Sam Howell came out than I did this past year. But, when but did I you watch his him, previous year? Uh, I did. I did. I, I mean, I, I didn't watch like every game, but I've watched games from both years, and I still thought. To me, I, I put it like kind of in my notes. I, I see him as more of a career backup. It's really interesting because, like, you know, he was in the conversation for the first quarterback to be taken yes, before that, that yeah. final season. And then, yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time with how I, I can see where he's good. You saw the, the that final season when he had no receivers to throw to where he all of a sudden could run the ball. I think he had yeah. 180 carries or something his senior year. So you can see if you squint, you can see some 
mobility and rushing upside, some fantasy upside, but it's just it's just too hard to be confident in a fifth 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 round quarterback, right? Yeah, and that was a big part of my thing too. I mean, I didn't love his tape, but also the fact that he was drafted in the fifth round meant to me like this dude's Doesn't not getting well. any real shot. And yeah. he, I guess he's going to get a bit of a shot, but there is talk Jacoby Brissett might even start over him. So, I mean, he so was we'll good, see. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is the end of our show, she So that is the end of our show. And we got we got a, a, over an hour out of three trades and two questions. So I'm proud of us. Nice <laughs> <laughs> job, guys. Nice yes. <laughs> We did. Um, Russ would be proud. Yes, but uh, before I finish up with the OR stuff, Matt, remind everybody again where they can find you and all that good stuff. Find all my stuff over at DLF. You can follow me on Twitter at D no at Matt Price FF. That's the one. Uh, yeah, everything else is DLF Dynasty Podcast with Ryan McDowell and Dan Myler. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's always a blast to be ch- chatting football with you guys. Yes, yeah. really enjoyed it tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew, for, for coming on when Russ couldn't make it. Uh, you can follow Andrew at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, uh, I'm at uh, Dynasty FF Addict, at least while Twitter is still going on. Uh, <laughs> um, Russ is obviously at Dynasty Outhouse, the pod at Trade Addicts Pod. Uh, if you want to watch us while we're recording or be in the Cool Kids Club chat on our Discord, uh, you can sign up to our Patreon at uh, patreon.com uh, slash trade addicts pod. Uh, I, I believe, I, I think I said this last time I did this, uh, FF postures, that's stormy.com is not a thing anymore. I don't believe. Uh, but I think there's stuff, uh, you know, I think Russ is doing a lot of the stuff through, uh, fantasy cares and all that stuff. So support them. Uh, Russ is doing a whole bunch of great stuff for fantasy cares, including, uh, you know, the potathon this past weekend. So, um, I think that's everything. Follow the DAP Network. That'll do it. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Thank you for listening to the Great Addict Podcast. A member of the DLS Family of Podcasts. And a proud member in the Dynasty Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty and at Dynasty FS Addict. Subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy Pan, that is the best. <laughs> See ya.